0: Now, it's been said that a toilet is a simple thing, and that's generally true for something like a flush toilet that uses water, valves, and gravity to accomplish its job. Barring a connection to a sewer line, whether on land, in the air, on the ocean surface, or even below the surface, some form of holding tank is generally used. The difference in a submarine is in the operation of the head, which is nautical jargon for a toilet itself. Simply put, It's a bit more involved than the one you would use at home. So let's learn about how to use a toilet on a submarine. Now, generally speaking, on older submarines, there's kind of a two-step process, and there's a couple of valves you need to actuate on a toilet. Usually, near the bottom of the bowl, near the floor, is a long handle, which connects to a ball valve at the very bottom of the bowl. And when you pull up on that handle, it will open up the valve at the bottom of the bowl. There will also be another seawater valve that needs to be open, which will flush the toilet with water. Arguably, there's nothing terribly complex or special about the heads on a submarine, but there is a process that needs to be successfully followed when answering the call of nature below the surface. First, you need to make sure there's an inch or two of water already in the bowl. Second is that, well, you would do your business. Third, you pull the handle to open up the ball valve to the tank below. Four, you would open the seawater valve above to flush the contents of the bowl. Five, you then close the ball valve. And six, you close the seawater valve, making sure that it leaves an inch or two of water in the bowl. And you do this so that it forms a little water seal in the bottom. Now, the question is, where does it all go? It goes down into a sanitary tank beneath the heads. And every couple of days, the tank beneath the heads will be pressurized with air and the contents will be blown overboard. Signs such as, you know, sanitaries are secured while they're being blown or something of the like will be hung to remind the crew that this action is occurring. However, absent-minded crew members may forget to hang the signs, or some crew members may even ignore the signs. In fact, some may even misplace the signs, quote-unquote, perhaps as a cruel joke to break the monotony of submarine life, or perhaps out of sheer maliciousness. But when you gotta go, you gotta go. Whatever the case, anyone using the head at this time when the tank is pressurized will not forget what is about to happen. Should you need to use the head when the tank is pressurized and you happen to open up the ball valve, well, there's only one place for the contents of that pressurized tank to now go. Straight up at you and all over the room. Such an event has been known to produce a noticeable bang and everyone nearby knows exactly what just happened. And you're now stuck cleaning up the mess that you made. A former Navy submariner, who will remain anonymous, relates the story of how one skipper created an honorary toilet seat for the most recent crew member who committed this faux pas, which they would ignominiously wear around their neck. The crew referred to this as getting shit-canned by the captain. The unlucky crew member would then be counting the days until the next sailor committed the same mistake, upon which the honorary toilet seat would pass on to that sailor. The aforementioned former submariner also related a story to me about how, as a young submarine sailor, he learned about the temperamental nature of submarine plumbing the hard way. Now, being fairly new to his diesel-electric boat, he was in the process of learning the ropes and being taught how to pressurize and blow the sanitary tank. One important step prior to pressurizing the tank with air is to actually close the valves to pipes that drain into the tank, it's not just the toilets. So following the instructions, he indeed closed these valves, but what he failed to realize and nobody told him was that just because he closed the valves doesn't mean that they were actually closed. In reality, what he needed to do was close the valves, then open them slightly, and then close them again. The reason being is that this was an old diesel-electric submarine, and the valves subsequently were old and sticky. So close them, open them slightly, then close them again to, you know, make sure they're really closed. Well, he did his job, but he didn't do the second part, and he proceeded to pressurize the tank and blow a fountain of shitty water back into the showers and the ice machine, because those were the things that were connected as well to the tank. Needless to say, he was not the most popular sailor on board that sub for a while, and nobody used the ice machine for the rest of the patrol. There are further dangers to submarine plumbing, and the following story is an oldie but a goldie. During World War II, Allied submarines used a very similar system of holding waste in a tank before discharging the sewage overboard. However, not all submarines had such a system. In fact, other systems were quite complex, German U-boats save space and weight by not using a holding tank and instead pump their waste directly overboard. However, this could only be done while on the surface or at relatively shallow depths given the lower water pressure. By late war, however, advances in Allied anti-submarine technology and tactics made operations at shallow depth too risky for U-boats. So German engineers developed a new high-pressure system to allow waste to be discharged while at significant depth. Unfortunately, this system was so complex that it required specialist training just to use it properly. It's complex, and it involved operating a series of valves in a precise order to transfer the waste in the right direction through a series of chambers before isolating it in an airlock and using pressurized air to discharge that waste overboard. Reportedly, this complex plumbing system is what ultimately led to the sinking of the German submarine U-1206, on 14 April 1945. A mere eight days into its first combat patrol, U 1206 was lurking 200 feet beneath the surface of the North Sea off the coast of Scotland. The commanding officer, Carl Adolf Schlitt, used the head, but not being trained in the proper procedure, wisely called over an engineer to help him. The engineer apparently operated the valves in the wrong order and caused sewage and seawater to flood back into the U-boat. Things went from bad to worse as this water leaked down into the battery compartment which reacted with the batteries and produced chlorine gas. With the boat filling with toxic fumes, Schlitt ordered the crew to blow ballast and even fire the torpedoes to produce positive buoyancy. When they surfaced, they were quickly spotted and attacked by British aircraft. With his boat taking damage, Schlitt ordered the men to scuttle her and abandon ship. The men reached the Scottish coast in rubber rafts, but three of them, being Hans Burkauer, Karl Koren, and Emil Cooper, were lost trying to climb the steep coastline in heavy seas. Schlitt ultimately survived the war, passing away in 2009, but his U-boat remains on the bottom of the North Sea, having been sunk, ultimately due to the failure in the proper use of a toilet. So that is a little bit and some stories about how to properly use the toilet on a submarine.